Oh, Jack. You have ten minutes to come to the bridge, or I'll execute one crew member for every ten minutes that follow. Coming up, Vatic has control of the Titan, and she's threatening to execute bridge crew members to force Jack Crusher's surrender. I'm finding it difficult to maintain focus. I'm consuming you. At any moment, you will simply cease to be. Data and Lore battle for control of their body. Deanna, I have counted the days since I last saw you. Like waves in the ocean. Is this a rescue mission or a continuation of the torture? Worf comes to Riker and Deanna Troy's rescue. We can't do it now! Bridge, open the evacuation hatch now! Get off my bridge. Oh, fucking solid. And Vatic finally gets some comeuppance. All this and more, coming up on the Star Trek Picard edition of Energize. We're jumping to warp speed with Jean-Luc Picard and the Star Trek Next Generation crew. You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Picard podcast. Your source for in-depth analysis, colorful debate, and exciting discussions about the final adventure of Admiral Jean-Luc Picard and the Enterprise D crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. This week, Vatic's tyranny aboard the Titan becomes deadly as she threatens execution of the Titan crew to coerce Jack's surrender. And an internal battle between Data and Lore could assist or prevent Picard and company from taking back the ship. How many Titan crew members will lose their lives before Picard, Riker, and the crew can figure out a way to defeat Vatic? Here's a Warp Speed recap of Star Trek Picard, Episode 8, Surrender. Attention crew, USS Titan. Can you access the ship's security comms from here? I'm trying, but the bridge is locking us out. This is your captain speaking. Damn it, comms are dead! Pull back, pull back! You are now without sight. We must find a way to regain manual control, or we'll lose everything. Oh, Jack. You have ten minutes to come to the bridge, or I'll execute one crew member for every ten minutes that follow. Jack, don't sacrifice yourself. Time is running out, and I have to do something now. (laughs) Tell them. She just executed Lieutenant Tavine. Jack, come to the bridge. <laughs> if not, we'll have to repeat this little exercise again and again and again. All right, Steve. So uh, this was a, uh, how do I put it? Kind of a, a cringe-worthy episode. And, yeah. and for me, cringe-worthy because it was very uncomfortable because of what Vatic was doing. Yeah, I well... I had some other cringe stuff going on. I didn't like what Vatic was doing for sure, and I was definitely involved in all of that, but there was some other stuff I want to make comments on a little bit later. We'll see. 
Okay, so uh, we begin where we left off, where Vatic has taken control of the Titan. She's on the bridge. She's in the chair. She's assumed command, which she said yeah. she's the captain of the captain of the Titan. And so we have right. uh, Shaw Seven and the bridge crew are now hostages, and they're all lined up. And I mean, we're in a we're in a terrible, terrible situation. Now, take their ears. Ensign Reigns to Fritz, do you copy? Damn it, Comps are dead. Take the very road ahead of them. Right, and, and Vatic is sitting there, you know, sitting in the chair and smoking her little whatever cigarello or whatever she's doing. And, you know, she keeps cutting off communications and escape routes for fleeing crew members running down corridors as as they're being chased. I mean, she's just she's just playing cat and mouse with everybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was pretty cold-blooded. And for added measure, she's broadcasting the gunfire over the entire ship, you know, terrifying everybody in, you know, who all the rest of their crew is helpless hearing everyone else being killed. And this is very con-like. And I I loved Amanda Plummer's performance. And she had me on the edge of my edge of my seat because I I didn't know what she was going to do next. Yeah, and I would I would disagree with the con thing. I think that Khan was angry and vengeful. She's more like um, who was that guy on The Walking Dead with the baseball bat? Negan. Yeah, he, this is more Negan to me. This was the seat. This is, I stopped watching Walking Dead uh, at the end of season five when Negan showed up and just started baseball batting everybody. And I remember thinking, just like the bridge crew here, they were all lined up, and they're just sitting there letting him baseball bat them. And I'm like, why isn't anyone fighting back? Like, this is Starfleet. I, yeah. why, are, why, why are they standing there? It kind of, it really irked me. Uh, yeah, because if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out getting shot or killed. I'm not going to wait for to get bashed in the head. I mean, that was the one thing I wasn't going to do. I have always said about myself personally, I'd be a terrible hostage. Like, either kill me or let me go, because I'm going to make your life miserable. <laughs> yeah, unless you're you're trying to suss out what this person's really going to do. You know, maybe that's the yeah. thing. You don't want to jump the gun too early. So, I mean, Vatic was just crazed. I mean, she's relishing in this. And so she's, you know, as Loving you it. can hear all the screams, she's like playing like a conductor to the sounds of people being killed. And I was just like, oh, this my God, this is awful. really twisted. So, yeah, of course, you know, Jack can't, you know, he... Jack, as we've seen develop over the course of the show, he is a, a moral por- person. He does have a code, and he doesn't want to sit there and hear all this. He knows that yeah. because of him, people are being killed, and he doesn't, you know, you can see that he's already like, I need to go up there. But but they won't let him. They of won't course let not. Him. You can't do that. Yeah. I mean, Vatic's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> She's locked us out, seized control of half the bloody ship. Attention crew of the Federation Starship USS Titan. This is your captain speaking. So he goes inward, and we see that he's able to see what's going on in the corridors, which is strange. And I'm like, it's episode eight, and they're still not telling us who this guy is. I know. That that part is being strung out. <laughs> uh, and I'm just like, crazy. oh, my goodness, this is killing me. But what an ability, and maybe a good opportunity. I think so, too. And, and, and you had mentioned before, the first three episodes were Act 1. I think Act 
uh, excuse me, episode eight was the denouement of act two. We're now in act three fully uh, at the end of this episode. Um, uh, nine and ten will be act three, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And so Vatic, you know, basically gets on the intercom and she announces that if, uh, you know, she if he doesn't give himself up, that uh, she's going to start killing bridge crew members. Yeah, and it's and and again, again, seven of nine, who was such a badass, is standing there, and and Shaw, who's such a badass, is just standing there, and I'm like, why, 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 <laughs> why are they doing this? This really sucks. Like, it's not fun. <laughs> it's no, no, not it's fun not fun. But they can't do anything just yet because, I mean, it, I think at this point it would be a senseless death because you don't know what's going down below. You don't know what your your people are doing, so you don't want a premature death. I think you're trying to string string this out as long as you can in this particular situation, which you know it's not it's not the it's not the best way, but I can see why they would play it like this because you just don't know. There's just so many unknown variables. So uh, we go to the strike, and we go to Riker and Troy. You've changed. I can feel it. In the nebula, I came face to face. With bleakness. I hadn't felt that since. And they're in their little cage, and it's cute because we haven't seen them together for a couple of episodes. Um, and uh, Troy is being very sweet to her husband and realizes that he has changed from this experience alone. And there's a lot of history there that they discuss, and it's, it's very loving. I, I really I really enjoyed this because it was very endearing between the two of them because they have a whole long history across, across the whole entire series. And it was a lot of will they, won't they for a long time. There was a point where uh, yeah. Troy even dated uh, Worf. And so, <laughs> yeah, which was... It was very yeah, stimulating. which is very different. And so, um, you know, it, it, I, I, I just really like this. It was very endearing. And we get into why they um, actually had a rift in between. And I think the biggest thing about that was the fact that we it's revealed that uh, when their son Thaddeus died, Troy used her, you know, her gifts, gifts to kind of take yeah. away the pain. And that pissed him off because, right. and, yeah, it pissed him off. Yeah. Because I think, go ahead. Because he, he he's like you robbed me of you. Well, you robbed me of my experience to mourn. Yeah, right. That's that's yeah. the rift. Yeah, and you know, I mean, he had, and that's a legitimate beef. I think going, you know, nobody. Wa- it's painful to, to. I can only imagine what it's like to lose a child, but I've I've lost friends, close friends, and family. And I think part of the process is the pain and this and the memory. You, if you alleviate that, then what was your friendship and all the other things? Right. Yeah. And and within this, you know, moment, two things happen that are are wonderful. Well, one happens later, but she reveals that she, a changeling posed as Riker. <laughs> and you're immediately thinking, how did that turn out? And she's like, he was good in bed and bad at pizza. <laughs> but, but equally as charming. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but equally as charming. And I'm like, and they just kind of let that go. If that were me, I'd be like, what? Be I so know. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. It was just such a random thing. And I'm wondering, like, 
did you think the crew, or I'm not the crew? Do you think um, Jonathan Frakes just went to them and said, "Let's just throw that line yeah, in there"? Yeah, that, that, that be might have been. That might have been going out anyway. And I, I saw a backstory <laughs> on the two of them, and they did that throughout the entire series because the, they wanted to not mm-hmm. really do the love story between them, but they constantly, constantly did things in their scenes to promote that. Yeah. So I think that was just one of the continuing jokes. Yeah. Uh, b- between them, so it, w- it was yeah. very well executed. But I really liked the, you know, what was the issue, and they and they finally got to that. Yeah. And so, uh, so Riker yeah, I, I Riker too. says, you know, you know, they start talking about the distress code you know, that he gave and w- whether or not they yeah. should do it. But then Riker's like, yeah. you know, probably right now Picard is setting up a classic Picard trap, <laughs> and it just reminded me of. <laughs> yeah. um, the undiscovered yeah. country when Spock say, "Well, I, if I know the captain, he's probably," and he was getting his ass yes. kicked. <laughs> yes. Oh, Jack, dearest, are you pleased with yourself forcing this chaos, this suffering, upon your crew? Still, you refuse me. So uh, we go back to the Titan. We're on the bridge in more of this this tense setting. But well, this I I enjoyed this moment. So Shaw is chastising Seven for not blowing up the turbo lift when he was in it right. to keep Vatic from getting to the bridge, yeah. and um, you know, and, and he reminds her, you know, you're a Starfleet officer, and you know, you had a duty to kill me basically, right. and it wasn't your luxury. And she's like, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, spare lives like that, right? Which completely counterdicts is that a word which completely contradicts what's going on in the bridge right now why aren't they fighting there's only two guards and vatic and there's eight ten people lined up it's some people will die but they could take over vatic walks by why don't they just grab her and choke her out who uses her as a human well, shield? She has a changeling. She can just morph into oh, a hammer right. or something. Yeah. I don't know. Morph into a hammer. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Of course, she's a changeling. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but then when um, Shaw calls her, you know, Hanson, Commander Hanson, when he's chastising her, yeah. she, yeah. you know, jabbed him with, you know, my name is Seven of right. Nine. I was like, damn, damn right. straight. Damn right. Yeah. Yep. And he knows yep. that. He's always known that. Oh, yeah. But she she was asserting herself, and I've just really enjoyed the arc of Jerry Ryan, you know, Seven, and Jerry Ryan's performances. I mean, it, it's just she's a leader, and I just I just enjoyed it. You have ten minutes to come to the bridge, or I'll execute one crew member for every ten minutes that follow. Starting. Well, no. So Vatic, you know, you know, finally announces, listen, I'm going to kill somebody every 10 minutes if you don't yeah. if you don't come up here on the bridge, Jack. It's starting now. Right. And Jack's <laughs> like, I'm going. But, you know, again, Jean-Luc is just like, she's going to kill everybody anyway. This is what she's here to do. You know, this is this is the Starfleet equivalent of we don't negotiate with terrorists. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, Jack's in tears. Yeah. I mean, he's really bothered by this and his acting really came through. Uh, in, in, in these moments, mm. and he reveals that he has the this ability, um, and Sydney, you know, the force like, just does, yeah. had the out of body or in body experience, yeah. <laughs> you know, backed him. Right, and and so of course Jean Luc's like, well, actually, this might we can probably use this. Let's let's do this, and 
you know, I'm not going to go too deep into this, but this is very much like children versus parents. The Tao of parenting says you never really know what's in your children's minds ever. And you'll know this. You'll know this as a dad as, as your son starts to grow. Um, and that's what's happening here. He's like, it takes a lot for a kid to admit to a parent, hey, this is happening with me. And to me, that was a pivotal moment when Picard's like, I, you know, I see who you are. Let's use those gifts. That was, I thought that was awesome. Oh, yeah, it was great. And it was big of him to finally admit everything that was going on with yeah. him and be vulnerable in that moment. Yep. So using those gifts, <laughs> so Jack <laughs> Jack gets in the head of one of the officers yeah. and they're going to punch in uh, Picard's uh, override code, you know, yeah. override, to, uh, override codes yeah. uh, to give them access to the ship. I think I can retake the ship. Jack, tell me how. Vadik has the bridge. Her people are everywhere. Vadik has cut off our vision. But I can still see. I can connect to people. But Vadik sees it. I'm like, damn. Damn this. It, it's Because he was really stealthy about it. He, he reached around and he's kind of doing it. I, I, I don't remember this part, but I don't know if the noise alerted Vadik or if she just saw it. But of course, you know. And she looks right in the guy's eyes and she's like, is that you in there, Jack Crusher? Oh, yeah. I mean, she, you know, she clearly knows about these abilities. She knows. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So she makes... Tell us already, change up. Open comms. Jack, I'm afraid your first 10 minutes have expired. Go! Why did you just take me? Answer! There is nothing. Nothing you can do. He's right. And so the first 10 minutes are up, and so she puts two officers on their knees, and immediately I'm just like, oh my god, this is like Star Trek 3 to search for Spock. You know, when yep. Kirk's son got killed. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> I was and, just like, and, this And the sucks. second Savic. Yep. Yep. David is dead. <laughs> David yeah. is dead. And, and yeah, and, and again, and, you know, and I, I'll say it again. This is like Walking Dead, right? It's just, to me, you know, there's Negan pounding people with a baseball bat. And I'm, uh, if I were there in reality, I'd be like, you're going to have to kill me because I'm going to stop this somehow. Yeah. But but so she, what does she do? She, she points the gun at one person and then just turns it toward the Vulcan who's standing there. Yeah, that caught and, me. And that one caught me off guard. Yeah, me too. Yeah, which I think you was were well ready played. for that one person to die. Yeah, yeah, so. it was it was very it's, well just, played. It, that was really well, good. It speaks to Vadix. It speaks to Vadix cat like nature. I'm just going to keep playing with you like you're a mouse. Yep, you don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm I am unpredictable yeah. and 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 true to form. She did that, and so yeah. um, she makes seven. <laughs> you know, tell them. Tell them. Yeah. Yeah. And she's gleeful she's like, about it. <laughs> she's so excited about it. So sick. Yeah. She's yeah. Sick. Yeah. And you're right. I think Amanda Plummer just plays this brilliantly. And one of the things that frustrates me is that, you know, sci fi rarely gets um, acknowledged at the Emmys or something like that. And like, she deserves an Emmy. 
Oh, yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? 100%, because that performance is just too damn good. They're going to have to cut a clips so reel good. and send it to the Academy. And I'm a part of the Academy now, so... Uh, <laughs> Ooh, yes. that's exciting. And so as I an Emmy winner, that. I'm now in the in the fold, so I will vote. That's Yeah. but That's right, you're an Emmy winner. I forgot about that. Congratulations. Yeah, thank sir. you, sir. Thank you, sir. Where is your Emmy? Uh, it's sitting under the TV on the mantle. <laughs> you know what? Uh, Tom Hanks has one of his Oscars in his guest bathroom. Bathroom. So for all the guests that use the bathroom, they can pretend to be giving an Oscar speech when they're going to the bathroom. Oh, Just that, FYI. It, that is hilarious. Kestra will have lost everyone. You're not giving up again, are you? You left the second Jean-Luc called and put half a galaxy between us. I know you were angry at what I did when Pat died, but you gave up. I didn't give up. I was numb. You know why? Because our son died, Deanna, and I needed to feel the grief. So we go back to the Shrike, and um, there's more, you know, deep moving conversation with Troy, and then uh, one yep. of Vatic's men comes in there, and uh, right. you know, Riker's like, "Don't touch her," and then all of a sudden, there's a there's a knife Boom. to the chest. Da, 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 da. That that Jerry Goldsmith music, you know, it's all over. This is, and I haven't talked about it a lot this uh, season, but the music every time there's a wharf scene, it's the Jerry Goldsmith uh, um, Klingon music. Every time there's um, a seven of nine scene that reflects the past, it's the Voyager music. And I, I love that. I love it so much as a fan and a fan of music scores. So there it was. And as soon as I heard it. I knew it was Worf. Oh, yeah. And it's that, it wasn't a Batleth, was it? It was just a sword. No, no, no. It was his Batleth because you put it back in the, in oh, the holster on yeah. his back. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. It was brilliant. I, I love the, the, the music score on this <laughs> this whole show. It's just been great, and I think it's perfect. I mean, yeah. they, they're running on all cylinders, and they've just done a great yeah. job because you um, the music also makes you feel. And so they've been, they didn't overlook that by just jacking every scene with other music. Yeah, and they did it on purpose. They brought in a guy named Stephen Barton, who I don't know why they didn't have Jeff Russo do it. He's been doing, you know, Discovery, and he did the first two seasons of Picard. But they said, we really want to focus on legacy tunes, and that's what Barton's doing. He's just weaving it through. Yeah, great job. Great job. One's personal space is a right. Deanna, I have counted the days since I last saw you. Like waves in the ocean, constant and unending. I have thought of your empathic gifts often during my self-evaluation. Well, that's wonderful. Inappropriate. The work that I've done on myself, the level of sensitivity that I have achieved, has been in more ways than one. Is this a rescue mission or a continuation of the torture? Riker and, and Troy are excited <laughs> to see Worf. And Worf, I oh, mean, God, the writing with Worf her. has just been so great. And so he just goes on this, so great. I've counted the days since I last saw you. And I was like, he's, oh, my God, this is awkward. Yeah. Where, where are you going and with this? And she's just like, and her eyes are darting back and forth. And she's like, okay. And by the way, since they've been in this little prison, we found out that Diana had sex with a changeling. And we bring back the wharf relationship. And it's just like, what the hell? They really put in some great humor here. And it's so appreciated. Yeah, Riker, like, is this a rescue or a torture? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Hey, but he handled it well. Yeah, and I like that they did a tip of the hat to the the, the yes, past relationship between the two of them. That was a good. Well, that was a big tip. deal, you know. I mean, uh, in uh, the last um, episode of the TV series, All Good Things, 
you know, she was with Worf at some point. It opens up with her, you know, being with Worf. And then when they go to the future, uh, uh, um, you know, she's dead. And Worf and Riker didn't speak because of it. So, you know, there's a lot of history there. And, and then when they hug Worf, he's like, space is a right. <laughs> <laughs> Personal space yeah, he's, is a right. They, they've done so well by him this season. He's He's been wonderful. Every line out of his mouth is so funny because he's always been this Klingon. And now he's just like, I am practicing meditation. And I, like, it's beautiful. I tried everything to regain control of even just one system. In a year, I could write a code that could maybe override her commands. In a month, my father could do it, but in minutes, we'd need an asynchronous AI matrix capable of computational speeds beyond 90 trillion operations a second. Data, can you hear me in there? Or am I talking to Lore? Six years ago, you brought a gift my anniversary dinner on Rigel. A Chateau Picard Bordeaux, which you said was too dry because your taste in wine is pedestrian at best. Definitely Picard. So we get back to the ship, and uh, the, the bottom line is, the only person that can, can override the code is going to be Data, who can do the computations and figure out a code fast enough to get it done. Picard and Beverly and Jack... The, the, you know, make this decision, so they have to go to, to uh, go to where Jordy is. Right. And so they come there, they they rush in where Jordy is. They all have phasers aimed yes. at each uh, aimed at each other. Yes, and they have to give a signal to let them to let each other know they're not a changeling. And so, right, uh, they you know make this reference oh. to um, well, Jordy's anniversary. Jordy's like six years ago. I was at a party and and I I drank uh, a wine. Which one was it? And Picard's like. He's like, yeah. Well, basic, basically, it was another swipe at Chateau. Yeah, Chateau Picard. Picard. It was, it was, a, it was a vintage uh, Merlot, which you. Uh, it was very. Yeah, he said his, uh, he said his uh, taste in wine was a bit pedestrian. Pedestrian, and he's, so he's like, okay, it's, it's just another running joke. Friend is removing the partition between us. He's hoping you will overpower him so they can regain control of their little ship. Whatever he's attempting will only hasten the end. For you. So we go inside Data's head, mm. and I just, I just thought these scenes were brilliant. Yeah. I just thought it was really, really well done, and and speaks to Data's life and his experiences and Lore's lack of having friends and lack of having a life. And you know, if you think about Lore, he's very two dimensional. And you're right; the lack of his life and friendship has left him in this two dimensional state. He's just Loki. Basically, he's just a trickster. He's just a jerk, right? He doesn't have depth, and and he's bitter. And he's bitter, and and he's emotional too, right? So he's bitter about that. And the thing about Brent Spiner is, he plays two characters so well that you forget that it's one guy. And exactly, I'm like, I had to stop myself and go, wait, this is just one guy. This is not Data and Lore, and. I don't think Brett Spiner's Oscar worthy, but he sure as hell plays this character or these characters, I think, just brilliantly. Oh, yeah, because in the last episode when he was flipping back and forth, you know, he's talking in, in data voice and all of a sudden he jerks his head mm-hmm. and then he's like, oh, Picard, your face is so old. old. You know, it was just like, oh, my God. That the, was awesome. the, the only thing that confuses me, and I, I mean, I know why, Brent Spiner's in his 70s now. I think he's 72 years old. They just went ahead. 74. 74. Oh, my God. He looks really good for 74. They 
they let him, you know, be the gray-haired guy. Because in the first season, they darkened his hair and it just looked ridiculous. He looked old. But why make Lore gray? Why age him? Well, basically, I don't know. They they said that that was part of the experience uh, that they wanted with this this model that um, soon wanted. So that's that's part of it. The thing they've had to do, and and they've done it well, but the thing they've had to do throughout this entire series is explain why everyone's old. Like, you know, Q shows up. He's like, oh, you got old. I'll be old, too. And he snaps his fingers. Um, Guinan. Picard says to Guinan when he meets her, why why did you suddenly decide to age? You've been alive for a thousand years. And she's like, eh, I, I want to try it. So they had to exp- they have to explain why everybody's old. Um, and, you know, that's that's fair. Um, anyway, I yeah, just wanted to yeah, comment. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind the excuse for for uh, You have to do it. There's no way. choice. There's no yeah, choice. you have to or yeah. it looks stupid. Yeah. Uh, but it gives them the flexibility because what he's about to become Yeah. Makes complete sense, Absolutely. and so yep. Um, yep. I, I just I, I just love what's going on. Reminiscing our way, scanning through your meaningless memorabilia. In my mind, you would find mightier things. Uh, Lore is taking all of Data's trinkets, or AKA his memories, yes, uh, significant memories of things that mean mean things to him. And what and what uh, we're Lore's thinking, like this is meaningless. Yeah, and what Go we're ahead. thinking is Data's saying goodbye. Like, okay, you know, if you're gonna kill me, what you're doing, just take my stuff. And at first, I'm thinking, what is he doing? He's giving up. But that's not exactly. Yeah, I thought he was too. And I was like, come on, dude. Yeah. I mean, Data, you're you're nice, you're genuine. Yeah. Oh, this pacifist thing. You can't be. It's great to be honorable. It's great to be. Yeah. We've had this conversation before. Yes. It's great to be honorable. It's great to be uh, uh, above above it all. But that means nothing if you're dead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. At the end of the day, you need survival. Yeah. Uh, just like Laura said, it's about survivor, pal. Yeah. Do not worry. It is not him. It is only his former shell. His biological body before him positron. This is what the changelings really wanted from Daystrom Station. However, it is not Picard's body they wanted, but what it contained. They removed portions of his parietal lobe, sections that were infected with the aromatic syndrome. Now, we go back to the Shrike and uh, Worf, Riker, and uh, Rafi and company. They, They come across, you know, Picard's body, and we realize that they have taken part of Picard's um, parietal parietal lobe. lobe. This is a very yeah. weird moment for me because I was surprised that Picard's body was preserved in the first place, but it makes sense for the story. And there it is, the actual Jean-Luc Picard, the man that we all knew. You almost forget because this second version is the, you know, the robot version or the android version, um, which again, I've never forgiven the writers for, but okay. Um, but there it is, and it was just kind of weird. It's like, oh, God, there he is. And he's perfectly preserved. But, yeah, they've, they've taken, you know, at first I thought, oh, they're going to take a, the, that memory chip, you know, that, that all Borg have, right? Because I still think this is a Borg thing. But, no, they removed the part of his brain that had the eromotic syndrome. Yeah, I'm thinking that, 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 that something happened maybe when he was captured by the uh, Kardashians and the Three Lights. Maybe something happened oh that we God, don't know about. Oh, my God, Really? Interesting. Yep. The four yep. lights. Four lights. There are, there are four, four lights. 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 I love that. Mate, you know, because remember, he was he was there for a while, and yeah. Angelico, asshole Angelico, was in charge of the ship. Yeah, maybe. And, I mean, Captain Angelico. And, um, 
you know, maybe maybe it's tied back to something. Because yeah. remember, the Kardashians yeah, were they working were part of the Dominion thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So maybe God, wouldn't that, that that's be the amazing? Tie. You know what? If that's the key, dude, you're a genius because that makes really good sense. Because yes, no, he did put something in his body. He put something in his body to torture him. Remember? When yep. you pressed a button, yep. the button, it's yeah. Okay. Wow, you're you're incredible. Yeah, I hope so that's some right. I, I think that that may be the thing more than the the, the board because okay. everybody's I think because they've done a really great job of all these wonderful misdirects. Yeah. And so everybody's going in Borg direction yeah. and it's gotta be something else. Okay. It's just too easy to say Borg. Okay, fair enough. I was sure you'd decline my invitation. No, my mother taught me better manners than that. I even bought you a game. Unknown device detected. So they send Jack to the bridge. Yeah. And um, and he holds up what looks like uh, um, Green Goblin's, <laughs> you know, little bomb, little pumpkin bomb. Yeah, grenade for Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, and he's willing to die, which I'm totally cool with. Curious. I'm finding it difficult to maintain focus. Not your focus, brother. Your existence. I'm consuming you. At any moment, you will simply cease to be. And inside uh, Data's head, Lore's winning. Yeah. Data's slow, slowly fading. Mm-hmm. And Lore's like, you know, yeah, I'm consuming you. Which at that point, I was like, okay, wait a minute. That's the key word. Yep. Yep. Lore is consuming Data. This is where I got it, too. I'm like, this is the rope-a-dope. He's allowing Lore to take his memories, trinkets, and so forth. Because Data is basically infecting him with himself. Exactly, exactly. And so, um, even, yeah, great. and a nice little tip of the hat to Tasha Yar. Yeah, that was so cool. I love yep. that. And so, um, you know, one now that Jack's on the bridge, uh, Vatic sends the bridge crew into the ready room, and uh, Seven decides to stay on the bridge. Captain, what are you doing? Accepting the consequences. You really should have gone. You really shouldn't have come up. How fitting it is for you to stay and witness this. I'm here. Come on. Here's what we're seeing with Seven of Nine. I, I think at the end of this season and series, we're not done with her. I think she becomes the captain of something. Maybe the Titan. Maybe the Enterprise F. I don't know. But she's not done. And I think she's going to show up in the Starfleet Academy show, and I think there might be another spinoff. She's not done. Well, she won't be in Academy, because Academy is in the 32nd century. It's in the Discovery Land. Oh, it's with Tilly's Academy? I don't know if it's Tilly's Academy, but it's in that time period. But the, oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, the I word on the street right current. now is, and everybody's been hinting at it, it's all about yeah. Paramount pulling the trigger, Star Trek Legacy, because everybody's been dropping the word. And on and there's a hashtag... Yeah, uh, campaign on uh, Twitter. Yeah, well, I think there should be a legacy. Oh yeah, I I, I, th- I think it's going to happen. It would be just like Strange New Worlds. Everybody demanded it and wanted it, and Paramount did it. So I, I think it. that's well, next it, up. It, they should call it Star Trek: The Next Generation's Next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll stick with Legacy, Star Trek Legacy. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, and that allows that, that, sense. that allows them to have new adventures while still having pop ins from yeah. our favorite Absolutely. characters across the. You know, um, uh, a Voyager and 
DS9 and all that. And that's a great way of continuing. Well, seeing as you know so much about them, why don't you indulge me? Tell me, flatter me, what are they? Ooh, Jack Crusher. What's it like? Roaming from planet to planet, species to species, but never able to outrun that So Vatic reveals that she wants his gifts and and proceeds to explain his gifts and what he sees. And she yeah. mentions the red door. So I'm just like, it's getting, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I need answers now because I, I can't handle it anymore. Yeah. Oh, you wrote uh, she deserves an Emmy. That's cool. <laughs> I got ahead of it. Sorry. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's making me nuts. And I think, you know, two episodes ago, I was starting to get a little ticked off. But now I'm like, wow, you really have strung me along. And now it's it's almost like worth the ride because I really want to know what's going on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When we get to in, I'll say something because I kind okay. of looked at a little teaser. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to know. I don't want Data's primary functions are beginning to shut down. Laura's writing his own code. We're about to lose data forever. Included in this memory are the many hours I spent playing poker with my friends. These belong to you now. Why are you giving me these things? Because you have had nothing while I have had everything. So we get back in Data's head. Things are looking bleak. Um, Lore can't understand why Data is willing to give up things that are... that. He loves and including his cat, yeah. which is like the best thing that Data ever had. I know had. that was the last thing. Yeah, yep, Spot. Yep. Because Spot told him, you uh, know, taught him love. Yeah, and and you know, Lore has had nothing. And again, this is the two dimensional Lore, not understanding the depth of what Data truly is. And the saddest part is this twofold experience of Data giving things up and seeing his past, and then him just disappearing. Lore wins, and he's gone. Yep, and we're like, damn. But then all of a sudden, Data reappears, and he reappears. I'm like, yeah! yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, and then we and we get the whole point, you know. And yeah. it was very yeah. poignant the way he explained it. Yeah, and and I again, I, I saw that coming. It was the the memories and the experiences that you thought were trivial or trophies. They they were the, the 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 summation of my life, and I it's now a part of you. You can't ignore it. And now the two have become one. As soon one. Yes. Now are they data lore, or is it just data? Didn't they say something like, "What do we call you now?" He's like, "I don't know," or something like that. I I, 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 that may, I may have missed that one, but I think he's data. Yeah, I think maybe not. data is the overriding, but all the elements okay, of yeah. lore, all the you know. The, the silliness, and, the funny. The, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he, basically, he's what Data always wanted to be now. He's a complete human. And I think that, you know, I think it speaks to winning the war, winning the war without being ruthless. He never was ruthless. Yeah. He never yep. stepped out of line, yep. but he just outsmarted him. And I think it was a, it he, was a brilliant strike. He played three dimensional chess. Absolutely. Yep. And that's, that, I think, you know, that's, that's always a good thing. Data, we need your help. The ship is in trouble. Say no more. Accessing ship systems. Shuttlecraft Emerson to Titan. Do you read? He did it. We've got comms back. Sh- Shuttle, it's LaForge. We read you. 
Ensign, what's going on over there? Vatic took control of the ship, but we're taking it back and we need you. So Data, you know, comes back and everybody's happy and he dives into the computer, gives them control. Yep. And yep. Um, boom, now the, now the plan, you know, goes into effect. Jack does not have a grenade. He has a... Yeah, it's not a grenade. It's 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 this, like, uh, force field that just surrounds him. So he activates that. Yep, protecting and, he and, and Seven. Ri- yep, and Riker, you know, is allowed to board because Data, you know, unlocks the ship and uh, says something very sarcastic when he does it. And then, you know, Rafi's down there kicking ass with all the soldiers and she's just fighting like a badass. It was a lot of good, like, energy going on right at the same time. It was exciting. We can't do it now! Bridge, open the evacuation hatch now! Get off my bridge. Fucking solid. And then Picard gives gives the order to... um, you know, to open the emergency escape hatch. And then Seven says, get off my bridge, like Harrison Ford in Air Force yeah. One. Get off my plane. Get off my plane. Yeah. yeah and off they go. And it, it was a, they didn't just get blown out. They followed her as she became a frozen chunk of ice because a changeling, you know, can't survive the vacuum of space either. And what I thought was the most poetic is that she is blown out to the Shrike, where she then crumbles into a billion pieces. Yeah, she hits the Shrike and shatters. But as she's being sucked out, it was so funny. She goes, fucking yeah, solid. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I love that. <laughs> that was so great. Um, and then, you know, it's time to do what they got to do, and they, they just start shooting at the ship, and they just blow the hell out of it. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. And, uh, you know, yeah. you know fire seven, everything we've got. Yeah, <laughs> seven was badass. I believe we're good here. Hey, Data, you just used a contraction. No, I didn't. No, I, I heard you clearly. <laughs> it appears I'm capable of using contractions now. And humor, too. Well, that certainly is new. Many things are new to me, including myself. So now we have new data. He's a changed person. And then there was this really great moment between Jordy and uh, Data. Because yeah. he uses a, a contraction. Um, and that was a running joke, or at least a few times throughout the series. Uh, Riker identified a fake data because he used a contraction in one episode. And, and uh, Data's like, did I? I don't know. Well, okay, whatever. It was great. Yeah, and really cool. And then the reaffirmation of uh, Jordy and Data's friendship. I thought that was a yeah. really good moment. The, again, those are my two favorite characters uh, in TNG, if not all series. I just, I love those two guys. I was always a fan. Yep. And then once again in the ready room, it's, um, yes. it's the whole gang back together. The, the whole re- reintroduction gang. of Data. <laughs> mm-hmm. The new and improved. It was so, yeah, it's so great. <laughs> long time since we all sat around the table like this. Too long, really, by far. I am so grateful to be here. Hardship may have brought me here, but I want you all to know that there wasn't a day all those years that I didn't miss all of you. And we missed you too. I have slaughtered countless enemies over the years and considered sending their heads to all of you. But I was advised that that was passive aggressive. 
All that matters is that we are together once more. Because I need you. All of you. Yeah, they're all like just giving little anecdotes. You know, I missed you, I missed you. And he's like, you know, that's his way of saying I missed you all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Picard's like, you know, we need this now more than ever. And and it, there's still a battle. We still got two episodes left. They're going to be huge episodes. Um, but, you know, one more thing has to be accomplished. Now that Troy's on board... She says to Jack, hey, listen, maybe I can help you. Let me get inside your mind and see what's going on. You don't spend a lifetime practicing the art of charismatic deflection because you want to invite people in. Well, as a counselor, I would normally wait for you to seek me out, but I think we can both agree that the quickest path to the truth is what everyone needs right now. So she uh, sits down with him and we're we're heading towards the red door and there we are. The end. And there, a hand reaches out Yep. and turns the handle, and what happens? We go to black. <gasps> That's it. <laughs> nah. There we go. They're really, really milking this. But uh, good. They, they, they had us hang on, and, and it's been working. It's been fantastic. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I thought this was a really good episode. I mean, I mean, there were other episodes that were definitely stronger, but I wasn't mad at this episode at all, and I loved the tension and and those kinds of things, and and the whole data thing I liked a lot. Um, but you said you, this wasn't your fave. I well, it wasn't my favorite because there was a long because again, like with The Walking Dead and Negan, when you've got people lined up and your only weapon is a baseball bat. I, I'm just like, why aren't you rushing this guy? Yes, she's a changeling, and I realize now they can't rush her because she's a changeling. But I would have liked maybe one of the dumb ensigns to try to grab her as a surprise and then have her change and kill him. And like, see, no one try that because you'll you'll be next or I'll kill everybody. Right? Just something to say, hey, at least I tried. Because they are Starfleet. They're just standing there, and I just didn't like it. It just it messed with my sense of righteousness. Like, I wouldn't stand there. I die fighting for, you know what I mean? That's 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 what bugged me. That was it. Otherwise it was a good episode. So this week's episode was great, uh, as they all are, but uh, there's definitely a couple of moments that stand out. I missed loving you, Zadi. Oh, you are clearly concussed. Oh, definitely. But when they kill us, at least I'll die. I want to give you one final dose of the old Riker charm. <laughs> Yeah, for me, uh, with a nod to Data and Jordy, I love them. My favorite part of this episode was the prison scene with Riker and Troy because you've got you've got a conclusion of a distance that brings them back together. I like that resolution and also just a lot of wonderfully joyous <laughs> sexual tension going on. She talks about the changeling actually sleeping with her and then Worf comes in and there's sexual tension there. And I just, I, I don't know, it tickled me. I loved it. I laughed out loud during those scenes, so I liked it. Yeah, it was hilarious. I mean, I just, the, the writing for Michael Dorn uh, has just been really, really good throughout the season. He's been refreshing in every scene that he's been in. Because Absolutely. Just, I'm just waiting for him to say something. You are a Starfleet officer. You don't have the luxury to only make choices that feel hunky-dory. Everything has consequences. Consequences like saving your life. Come on, Doreen. My name 
is seven of nine. So for me, um, the best moments for me, I mean, there were a lot of really great moments. So, uh, but I just really enjoyed uh, Jerry Ryan's performance. I mean, seven of nine was just, just on it all the way through. And you could just see her growing in confidence because remember at the beginning of the series, she was questioning her place. Should yeah. I even be in Starfleet? But she right. is coming into right. her own. Capped off with basically telling um, Shaw, don't call me freaking Hanson. My name is 709, Deck Gummit. Right. And and get off my ship. I She's going to be a captain. This is, mark my words, she'll be promoted in this series, and I think we're going to see her again in another show. Maybe the legacy show, I don't know. That concludes this episode of Energize the Star Trek Picard edition. For more, please go to our website, www.energizepodcasts.com, and please go to Amazon and download a free copy of my new book, The Mindset Chronicles, book one, The Deletion. Just search Steve Truitt or Mindset. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony McLemore. I'm Steve Truitt. Live long and prosper.